We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Live. Danny Morang here. Uh, like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Blazers win. Blazers win. Yeah, double the Danny, except you're not paying extra. Um, Blazers win a game that they should win, that they weren't really thrilled about how they performed. Uh, there's some good stuff to take away from tonight's game. There's some bad stuff to take away from tonight's game. And we haven't talked since before the Denver game. So I want to make sure we, we kind of layer those both in to kind of understand where things are right now because they're in a weird spot. Um, let's kind of recap tonight's game, and then we'll talk a little about the Nuggets game, then kind of where they are and what kind of needs to happen over the next couple of weeks to kind of get them where they need to be around Christmas and heading into New Year, trade deadline, everything else. Uh, first half, they were a dumpster fire defensively. At first, I was like, oh, they're, they're trying something here. Excuse me. They're trying to be a little more aggressive on the their pick-and-roll coverage. Um, they're trying to figure some things out. They're trying to do this. I'm kind of giving the benefit of the doubt. And it turns out, like five minutes into that, I was like, no, they just don't know what the hell they're doing. I literally asked Damian Lillard postgame, what the hell was going on with the defense in the first half? Because <laughs> I, I didn't really... Have a great way to phrase it. Whether it's Nurk and Hart, Dame and Jeremy, Dame and Ant, Nurk and Ant, nobody seemed to be on the same page whether they were in man, whether they were in zone, whether they're in their soft switch, whether they were going to be aggressive and hedge, whether they were going to drop, whether they were going to slide over and tag Rudy and stay up, up, up uh, underneath him to allow him to, to not allow him to keep, get deep position. They were sagging off shooters a little too much, which allowed them to get some good looks. And it was just a dumpster fire defensively. It They they made it harder than they needed to. Um, if you've got kids, earmuff them now. I'll give you a second because I'm going to give you a quote straight from Josh Hart postgame. When asked about the defense, his exact answer was earmuffs. It was fucking bullshit. No mincing of words. It was fucking bullshit. 
And then he went on to say, uh, we didn't have our shit together. We were not maintaining what we needed to do. We were not on the same page. He just basically threw everybody into the wood chipper. And that was the first half. And a little bit in the, in the third quarter, but you felt it in the right place. Dame really set the tone, I thought, with some kind of digging down deep for some loose balls, causing some turnovers, securing some contested rebounds, just doing what a leader kind of needs to do in that situation. Now, you would hope that they would do it earlier, and that is my question for Chauncey going in on Monday. (laughs) Uh, How do you not F up the defense in the first half? Because they struggled. The second half is, you know, the Blazers win the second half by, what, seven? Yeah, seven. So three in the third, four in the fourth. Um, But they got their ass kicked in the second quarter, 39-33. 39 is a big number, man. Terry Stotts used to have a, a win. And I, I kind of like how he did this. It's a little bit different in today's NBA as it's gotten more and more op- more offense. But anytime you held up an opponent to 25 or less, that was a win. That was a, That's how you won a quarter. You hold an opponent to 25 or less in a quarter, you're doing good. Tonight, lowest scoring quarter was 26, and the Blazers did that back-to-back quarters in the third and fourth. I bet you they'll take that on most nights. 104 points a game given up. I bet you they'd, bet you they'd take that in a heartbeat. Um, but they tightened up defensively. Ironically, I thought Nurk was the only one in the first half defensively who looked like he knew what he was doing. And even if he didn't, he kind of sold out for it. Um, so even if he was making a mistake, he was making a mistake at full speed. Which, again, shout out to Nurk. Came out with the energy tonight. Uh, I thought he played Gobert really well uh, for long stretches, uh, particularly in the first half. And then I thought in the second half, Nurk kind of faded away. It was very strange. That did a good job on the glass. Um, Three of six, I think, tonight? Yeah, three of six just did not get shots up at all. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think all three of his finishes were off putbacks. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but uh, as Joey says, there's a lot of open threes in the second. So, yes, there was, and here's why. Uh, I'll, I'll dump the, the quotes from Dame on the video here on uh, social media here in a little bit. Um, it just takes a while for me to get home and get everything ready. Uh, paraphrasing Dame here. So... Picture high pick and roll, spread pick and roll, 1-5. So D'Angelo Russell or Anthony Edwards, 1-5 uh, or 2-5. Uh, with Rudy Gobert. Gobert comes up, sets a screen on, if you're the guard on the left side, if you're the defender, it's on your right shoulder. And what they were trying to do, more often than not, was not soft switch if they could, but if they did, they were going to soft switch and stay underneath Rudy Gobert which doesn't allow them to get an entry pass over the top to Gobert, which they did a fantastic job of in that second quarter. They just kept getting over the top to him, and the defense would collapse, and Gobert did a relatively good job of keeping the ball moving, or the defense would collapse in to prevent that pass, and then it would hit the middle of the floor, whoever was flashing middle, who, more often than not, it was Kyle Anderson, who slow-mo's so damn good. God, I love him. Just a smart player, man. Just the smartest. 
and he's catching in the middle. Then boop, 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 corner three. Boop, 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 corner three. Boop, 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 corner three. And then layup, 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 layup. In the second quarter, the Minnesota Timberwolves had 20 points in the paint. So 20 points in the paint, and they scored 39. Where do the others come from? Ah, four of seven from three. So they shot 63% from the floor, 15 to 24 total, four of seven from three. Had nine assists, two turnovers. Meanwhile, the Blazers shot 48%, not bad. Well, this was their saving grace, five of 11 from three. Four assists, six fouls, five turnovers. Oh, oh, not good. Not great, Bob. Uh, and even then, the Blazers' offense was humming along. Like, that was a ho-hum quarter. They had 32 in the first, 33 in the second. But here's the thing about this team. As we're getting further into the season, they're they're not. it's not that they're becoming more reliant on their offense. Maybe they are. Maybe it is fair to say that. They're becoming more reliant on their offense because they have Damon Ant. And tonight, they both scored 30 points in a game for the first time in their careers. Which... Not going to be the last. (laughs) But I thought you saw offensively from this Blazers team what they can be just stumbling into it. That's how good Damon Ant are offensively. And yes, I'm putting Ant on that level, even after the game he had the other night, because this is what he can follow it up with. So this is a wrong roundabout way of saying that first half was a dumpster fire. And to be honest, it was unfortunate and irritating, considering the way the Denver Nuggets game went. Now, I had a lot of people in my mentions the other day talking about Chauncey deserves blame for this, blame for that. And I want to kind of lay this out. I I did it on the radio the other day. If you have a graph, I'm just going to get super nerdy here real quick. If you have a graph, and regardless of where you fall, I'm going to give my numbers. This is not necessarily exactly what I believe, but it's closer. If players are responsible for 90% of an outcome, a coach is responsible for 10%. I'm doing this because it makes the numbers a little bit easier to work. If Chauncey has a B night, say he has a B night, that's an 8 out of 10. If Chauncey has an A night, it's a 9 out of 10. That is a 1% difference. Okay? If the Blazers players have a B night, if you're at 90%, that's what? Uh, 78. Okay. For you to have an A night, you're going to get 89? No, excuse me. 87. That's a 10-point gain. The growth that you get from players covering up from mistakes is significantly greater than what you get from coaching mistakes or positives. Either way. So if there's this big gap on the player side that's not being addressed, it's not that I disregard coaching decisions. It's that they're so much less impactful. And Damian Lillard talked about that following the Denver Nuggets game. I'm going to come back to the, the, the Timberwolves game here and kind of how it all comes together. Dame talked about how when they went up against the Nuggets... Their game plan required them to play Yusuf to play Yusuf Nurkic on Nikola Jokic heads up, in which I thought Nurk was fantastic. Jokic just hit shot after shot after shot. 
I thought it was Nurk's best defensive game. I thought he was physical as hell. I thought he made Nikola work his ass off, and he did. And he did, and he limited him as a playmaker in a sense because he forced him into so many shots. He just hit them. That's what MVPs do. The problem was, and they knew it based on the tape, they knew it based on the personnel, they knew it because they're not dumb. Aaron Gordon was going to run the baseline from the dunker spot over and over and over on a 5-4 dump off when the defense stepped up to stop Jokic as he went into the paint. And nobody was getting in front of Aaron Gordon, and they knew that. And Dane brought it up. We knew that. We knew we need where he was going to be, and we were a step late. We were trailing them the entire night, and it bit us. And you look at, not just that, loading up accordingly on the Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic pick and roll, and how you want to handle that. They weren't, they weren't coming in. They weren't helping. They weren't loading up accordingly. They weren't funneling things where they needed to, even though Dame laid out exactly what they should have been doing all night. And he knew that. And they knew that. And that is going to be the question for this team. Because I don't think this is a dumb team. Not by any means. I think the basketball IQ on this team is actually very good, particularly, especially for a young team. There's going to be mistakes. It's basketball. It's not this... As much as I'm a giant nerd, it's not an, it's not an algorithm you plug and play. You you play it out in reality. And Dame talked about and again in that post game the San Antonio Spurs and the model of the Spurs. It was about how hard they work. Like even when things aren't going well, you still cut hard. You still make them feel you physically. You bump cutters. You you just get into these spots that reinforces the work, and it kind of trickles down. Everybody knows. And they did not bring that against Denver. And I thought that bled into the first half of tonight's Minnesota game, which Dame talked about how, uh, and true, Eubanks, again, posted the living shit out of Ruby. My God. And let me tell you, he was he was excited. He was excited post-game. He couldn't believe what he did. So um, it was fantastic. I digress. Drew said something akin to, Chauncey chewed some ass yesterday in video sessions. A couple guys got it worse than others. In which, I, to be honest, I like to hear. But the flip side of this is, if that's the case, and that was how you responded coming out in this first half of this game, not thrilled. Not thrilled. And I, I don't know how much of that is a young team, how much of that is not responding to Chauncey. I don't know how much of that is not... Dame setting the example. I don't know how much of that is Nurk not bringing the energy. Like I don't, I don't know where that all lies. All I can know, all I can tell you is what I see, and what I saw was a team that was wildly off base to start this game for the first half. I thought they were horrible defensively, and it was like, all right, let's see what the hell's going on here. Let's, let's see how they figure this out, and they did. To their credit, they did. They figured it out. The uh, the Timberwolves still hit some shots, man. They, in the second half, they, they still shot 53%. The difference here being that the Blazers' offense was unstoppable. 58% from the field, 46% from three, and 100% from the free throw line. Uh, 14 fouls in the second half. The physicality was stepped up. Also, I thought this game was officiated super weird. Um, just insane. 
uh, on many levels, not really impacting the outcome one way or the other. I just, it was just weird. Uh, but all that being said, offensively, Dame and Ant, 12 of 24 in the second half. They, what, was it 40? No, 34 points in the second half on 50% shooting. Uh, six of six from the free throw line, a pile of rebounds, a couple assists. I think only three turnovers. Yeah. Uh, Hart was two of four. Eubanks three of three. Jeremy Grant, who showed up big time in the in the the uh, the second half, four or five, uh, hit that huge fadeaway at the end of the clock. That was just wah. Love to see that. Um. But yeah, that, I. You can see where it kind of flipped on its head. In the second half, the Blazers outscored the, the Timberwolves 24-18 in the paint. Bench points they won. Fast break points they won. Second chance points they won. They turned the ball over less. They scored more off turnovers. They also committed more fouls, but they also had more assists. Like, they won everything in the second half. And I think you saw a little bit more <clears throat> of what they were doing at the beginning of the season. Um they bludgeoned the Timberwolves on the offensive glass, 22-4 to on second-chance points. I mean, that's obscene. It was 11-4 on offensive rebounds. Do the math on that. That's basically scoring a bucket every offensive rebound. 11 offensive rebounds, 22 points. Do the math. 11 times 2 is... I know, I made you do math twice. Oh, my God! Uh, the bench was okay tonight. I thought they were, the team in general was a little sloppy on the turnovers. Uh, and, and while Chauncey's not a huge fan of fouls, I I like that the Blazers, again, were more physical in general. Let's kind of go through the individual lines here real quick. Massive, massive, massive bounce back game from Anthony Simons. Uh, for those that didn't catch it, Ant was uh, awful, awful against the Nuggets. His worst game as a starter. Not even close, not even just this year, but like since he filled in, he just didn't have it. And one of the things Chauncey said, was pregame? Yeah, it's pregame. It all blends together. Uh, was that he's got to go through this and to remember that he's 23 years old. He is the same age as rookie Damian Lillard. He is the same age as, you know, like, a, he's a kid. He has not experienced this stuff yet. This is not a guy who went to four years of college, or even one year of college, and knows how to truly play the point guard position. The ins and outs and the minutiae of all of it. He's still learning. And in that learning, he's still capable of dropping, what, 31-3 and three on 13 of 22? Yeah. That's the way you want to learn. Cool. Uh, Dame, back-to-back games of 35 or more. Balls his 40-point effort against the Nuggets, which unfortunately they wasted. Uh, with a 36-8-3 and three game, uh, I thought he was a little sideways with his handle. Uh, on his passes, he threw a couple just <laughs> into nowhere. Uh, in the first half, they, they cleaned that up a bit. Um, but Dame is Dame. Uh, I, there was one pick and roll late in the game. Once they probably halfway through the fourth quarter, uh, gets the pick up high left wing, turns the corner. Gobert took one step too high and Dame blew past him in a way that I have at a level of shown a, showed a level of burst I have not seen from him maybe ever. He got so low and shot out of a cannon. Gobert had zero chance to flip his hips, turn around, get up and try to contest. It was truly a beautiful thing. Truly a beautiful thing. Uh I thought Nurk 
against Denver. I'll reiterate it this skin. I thought Nurk's best game this season was against Denver. I talked to a few people around the Blazers, and they all said the same thing. That the lead up, the ramp up to the Denver game, the uh, was it Utah game and the Pacers game, that he had two very good halves. The second halves of both those games, he was very good. First half, mm, so so, but that against Denver, he was tremendous. And I feel like Nurk was not. I feel like Nurk was not in shape to start the season. Not in the shape that he needed to be. And. He looks like, and it feels like he is playing like he's in better shape. His impact is there. His presence is there. He's just, this is going to sound so corny, he's just more present. And I think that's a big change in uh, where he is kind of right now. Um, Give Eubanks all the props tonight. I believe he had the single best plus minus line tonight. Nope, it's him and Sharp. Sharp at 18, Eubanks at 16. The bench is plus minus, man. They got a, they went buck wild, even though they didn't score that many points. Uh, Dame had a burst with the bench unit, and Ant had a burst with the be- burst with the bench unit, and it just blew their plus minuses up like crazy because um, they played like crap. The, 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 first, so the first run... They pushed real hard because Ant ended up with like a, a minus ten. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, those starters, Sands, Dame, are all negative. It's kind of weird to see that that kind of happen. You have the your starters have those those kind of nights tonight. Ant with thirty one, Dame with thirty six, Grant with seventeen, and you're like, there's no way. But it's yeah. Um, but I, I thought you got some good games across the board. I think Damon Ant doing that on, a, on a, any given night is going to keep you into it. I thought Grant had a great night pacing himself, never never forced anything. I thought his shot selection tonight was tremendous. Knocked down some threes, got some rebounds, got a couple assists, got a com- couple contested offensive rebounds I thought was really nice. Uh, just an all-around impactful game from Jeremy where you look up and you're like, oh, crap, he's got 17-7? and seven? Like, oh, Cool. I'll, I'll take that. Um, Josh Hart was rebounding in the trees tonight. And again, I saw him with, I saw his, his ankle tonight. Looks disgusting. It's the size of a freaking softball. It's, Chauncey wasn't joking the other night when he said if he's if he's able to jog, he's going to play. Um, but he was in there battling with Rudy Gobert on seemingly every contested rebound. It was insane. Uh, Hart finished with, what, 11, 11, 8, and 4? Yeah. The two offensive rebounds, a couple steals. Uh, I thought he was really good tonight. He was 3 of 3 from 3. Um, and I asked him about the his three-point rate. So for those not aware, coming into this season, Josh Hart's three-point rate, which is how what percentage of shots are threes, was 52%. Okay? So a little bit more than half of Josh Hart's shots are threes or have been historically in his career. To this season, he's at 26%, which is... I mean, that's a shift that's hard to explain. So I asked him, so what, what's the deal? Is it because they're asking you to do something different? Is it because your ankle, you're having trouble getting lift? Like, where? What? what is it? And he offered a couple different things. Um, he did say, I've turned down some shots I haven't. I shouldn't have. He did, he very much did say that. So I think there's probably a, 
an inkling of truth of Josh not feeling great about taking a jumper right now with somebody closing out on him. Looking at his ankle, because if somebody came and put a foot underneath him right now, he'd be liable to get up and kill that man. <laughs> I'll just, I'll be honest. Because if he rolls that thing one more time, my God. Um, but he also said, I really like driving. I really like getting into the teeth of the defense. I really like creating. And, you know, it's kind of what they need me to do. Sometimes he goes, when I'm out there with the starters, I got Dame, I got Ant, I got Jeremy. Like, they don't really necessarily need me to do that for the most part. But he he wants to turn in that corner. He wants to, he wants to drive. That's what's what he – and I get that because – while he's struggled finishing at the rim lately, because, I, I again, I think his ankle and his lift and not trusting how he's going to land, um, which I think it does make an Im- a big impact. Um, again, if you saw his ankle, like he's soaking this thing in a Gatorade bucket every night for like 25 minutes post game, Just buried in there. He pulls it out and his whole mid-ankle down is just black and blue and swollen. It's like, oh, God, he's insane. You know, then he limps to the shower and it's like, Okay, so this guy's insane. He's out of his complete mind. Um, but he did say, he's like, I need to get back to taking those. I asked him about tonight, is, you know, going three for three and just kind of feeling good, kind of make you get that back on track. He's like, nah, I don't know. You know, it's just kind of whatever. It's going to do what they need me to do. And that's Josh Hart in a nutshell. He's just, I don't think he cares about any of the other shit. I think he cares about basketball, competing, and winning, and not necessarily in that order. I think he's just wired to compete and win at whatever. And he'll do whatever he has to or whatever he needs to in any given moment to do that. He's just a dude. And it's it's very hard to replace his level of dude. The dude abides. Okay? To throw that in there. Um, weirdly enough, I, I thought Shaden didn't have like this like monster box score night where he had five points, four boards. Um, I thought Shaden played a good game. He played 20-plus minutes tonight. And I thought Shaden played a good game not because of what he did in the box score, but because what he didn't do, which was screw up. I, I thought defensively he was actually pretty sharp for the most part. Yes, pretty sharp. Got it. I didn't even do that one on purpose. But I thought sharp was sharp. And I think Chauncey rewarded that tonight. Um... That's kind of far, but part of the fun of watching the young guys, particularly Shaden, is just to kind of see the development of making the same mistakes again, understanding who they are, where they are, what they're doing. Um, and circling back to uh, contributions tonight, shout out Drew Eubanks, because my goodness, what an absolute monster dunk. Monster dunk. He, that <laughs> Dame <laughs> post game. Hey, what'd you think of uh, Drew's, Drew's dunk? I was like, to be honest, you know, I threw it over to him and didn't really know what was going to happen. You know, Gobert's so damn big, so long, and you kind of turn away from most stuff. And then I saw him go, and then I just watched. <laughs> Dame's eyes kind of get wide and laughed. Um, Blaze the Dunk says, Drew did that dunk with a bad back, too. Drew did say he's feeling a lot better. And I will tell you, he cocked that thing back on that end of quarter dunk in the third very far uh, to let me know that his back was feeling a lot better. 
Uh, he also had a block where he came out of nowhere and sent somebody's shit completely sideways. I just, I, he's such a, he's such a fun dude. And I wish he was two inches taller. If he was two inches taller, he wouldn't be on a vet minimum able to be picked up. But I digress. Um, Drew Eubanks has never met a dunk that he won't try. Um, he mentioned how when Chauncey kind of called out their lack of physicality in film yesterday, he took that to heart because that's kind of who he is and that's kind of his role is to be the physical guy. And so he said tonight he wanted to come out, be more physical, be more aggressive. And ironically enough tonight, Eubanks did not have a single rebound tonight. It was five of five, dunked everything. Although he did have that saucy as hell finger roll, went all the way up to the rim and then just turned it over, bloop, and it was—I'm it was, not gonna say it—it it was sexy. It was a sexy finger roll. This kind of thing that makes you want to throw on a silk robe and go, "Ooh, ooh, good lord!" Um, it had a lot of sauce on it. I did, didn't know—didn't know Drew was Italian because that thing was just saucy as hell. Um, it's a good night for Drew. It's a good night to be Drew. Uh, Bruce Ely got some fantastic photos, um, pre dunk, during dunk, after dunk. And then there's a picture of, of Drew. This will play really well on the podcast. Like, ah, looking like he's screaming. He's not actually screaming. He's laughing. Cause he's like, I just posted the living shit out of Rudy Gobert and I fell on my ass. <laughs> I mean, just. It was just tremendous stuff from Drew tonight. And there, you always the locker room is always better. The music bump and everybody's in a in a good mood, right after a win. But there was they needed this one after the Denver game because they they after round and found out in that game. But they needed this game. They dropped this game. It gets a little dicey. It will be very interesting to see where this goes on Monday in the, the rematch, in the series game. What kind of energy the Blazers come out with? What kind of energy do they come out with? How intense are they on defense? Even if they're not hitting their shots, like defensively, is it something that they can build off of? Or is this more, hey, they'll figure it out, they'll get down that row, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I just, you know, Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. Is I think where where I go at it. All right. I have a random thought here. Shout out Kevin Dew, who after every game puts up the Savage Garden song of the British version. And I had a thought, and I thought I'd put it out to you guys to see if you'd like it. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hopefully I'm gonna play it right now, and hopefully it will come through. Um, I'm gonna turn my mic off so that there's no reverb. And see if you and see, so you guys know this, all right? He puts up the Savage Garden fantasy. song of the British version, and I had a thought, and I thought I'd put it out to you guys. All right, so that song, I want to put it out there for Blazers fans, for Blazers Twitter, for the the whole group, as it were. I will sing it. I will sing it with everyone. I want everyone who's interested or who would do it to record yourself for the entire length of that clip. I will post it later. I will put it in the comments. The length of that clip, and we will remake a Blazers Twitter version that is not English. (laughs) 
If we get enough people to do it, I will edit the shit out of it, and we will play it after every Blazers win. So there you go. That's 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 my thought. It's a very dumb idea, but I thought it was the right level of dumb. So if I get enough people to send them to me, you can just DM it to me. You don't even have to put it on Twitter. DM it to me dire- directly. You can DM it to me on Twitter, at Danny Morang. So record yourself. Go to your DMs. Mine are open. Add file. Send it to me. Make it the same length as the link that I'm going to post. I think it's like a minute and a half. It's not the whole song. It's just that part. Okay? And I will, if we get enough people to do this, I will do the opening part of this solo. Okay? I'll put the skin in the game. Looking like hooligans is a plus. Okay? If you've got your Peaky Blinders outfit, throw it on. 100%. We'll be basketball hooligans. All right. Nibble, that is the point. We need to get a clip of the stadium singing it. If I can get this going enough, we'll get it played in the stadium. Just like that. This is how it starts, okay? All right, everybody. I want to wrap it up now because we're a little over 30 minutes in and it's freaking midnight. Um, Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful night. Uh, Tomorrow, Sunday, whenever you're listening. Sunday afternoon, Brandon and I will be there for the mailbag show. Uh, and then we'll have the game Monday night uh, against the Timberwolves. And hopefully, was it Tuesday Tuesday or Wednesday? Um, I can't remember what, what day the games are. Um, we'll circle back and I'll do another live show. Because I know we had a, a bigger gap this time just because, well, life happens. <laughs> so, um, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. If you're watching live or you're watching on the replay, either way, click subscribe free it's easy and uh it helps us grow the almighty algorithm and the size of the channel um you can find us on social media at danny Marine, at brandon sprague at jacked ramseys you can email the show jacked ramseys at gmail.com you can find brandon sprague uh six to nine every morning monday through friday on 1080 the fan with his co-host andy dirt johnson you can find me noon to three my co-host dusty here also on 1080 the fan uh until tomorrow have a wonderful 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 night Uh, and we'll talk soon. Mm, Bye.